welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you. We're so hungry to learn from you, Father. We're so grateful, Jesus, for all that you've done for us on the cross. It's amazing. It's amazing. Amazing what you did. We're very grateful. We look forward to seeing you one day face to face. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Help us to learn this morning, to have teachable hearts. Amen. Bless God. You may be seated. Thanks, Musos. Let's give them a clap. They do such a great job. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How is everyone this morning? You're all looking beautiful? All well? All right, so... This morning, I want to talk about being teachable, all right? Being teachable. I love this concept. Being teachable is absolutely foundational to Christian growth. So nice to see Amy where she belongs. (laughs) Look at that gorgeous girl. She's teachable. She often asks me my opinions on something every now and again, just really specifically. It's very smart. And we all need to have that teachable heart. We all need to be growing constantly because God is very, very, very interested in us becoming like Jesus. We are called to be like him and we are not even close. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm not and most of the people I live with aren't. So I guess you're probably much the same. We've got, what was that? little murmur there. Just be quiet, please. <laughs> Most, we've got to grow. We've got to be like Jesus. We won't get to grow in heaven. I mean, not in the same way because we'll be made perfect. So this is our opportunity to, to show him our heart, to be like him and to grow. And the only way we're going to do that is if we are teachable. We're going to be daily being adjusted by the Holy Spirit. Every day there's a, just... Adjustments, 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 so that we become more like Jesus. So my question to you all is, are you aware of learning? Not just learning how to run a business, not just learning how to speak English, but learning how to be like Jesus, how to bring glory to him, how to be holy and beautiful. That, that's the ultimate lesson, the hardest of lessons, Sometimes you can be very successful and learn a lot of things and not learn how to be like Jesus and to be holy. So what are you learning this year? What have you learnt? Think about the year. What have you learnt yesterday? What are you learning today? What, 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 how do you feel that adjustment? It's not comfortable to be taught things. It's fine when we're little kids. We, don't, we think, oh, I don't know anything, teach me. But even then, you know, little kids don't necessarily like being at school. But what is he saying to us? We need to have the attitude of being a lifelong learner. I'm always learning, always changing. I have to change, have to be more like Jesus. And it's 
we, we, we never get there, but how sad to stop. How sad. Every parent rejoices at this time of year and every child is excited because they're going up to the next year. Going into year seven, Elijah, it's going to year seven. Maybe you're going to year six. Maybe you're a big girl now or, you know, it's fun. It's fun to have that sense of advancement. But how sad, wouldn't it be a tragedy if you had a child that just stayed in year six forever? Just year six, year six, year six, and everyone's like, there's a weird kid that just keeps repeating every year. But wouldn't that be sad if that was us in God, just kind of flatlined? We've sort of got saved and grew a bit and then went, okay, here I am, just the same, year after year. No, that is a tragedy because we have all the resources to become like Jesus. So this morning, what I thought would be fun is to share my message and I've asked three people to come up and share what they are learning because I want us to learn from their sweet, learnable attitude, teachable attitude, and hear from them. So this first person is, has a beautiful, teachable spirit and she has grown in leaps and bounds since she's become a Christian. So I thought it would be great to hear from Maddie Puller. So Maddie, come and share with us what you are learning. Here we go. <laughs> Do you want me to hold it for you? Ignore the shaking in hands. <laughs> so, everyone know Maddie? Maddie is awesome. She's connected to this whole row of people, all the generations here. How many kids have you got? Three. Hold the mic. Three. Yeah. Right, there you go. All right, so what are you learning? All right, at so moment? at the moment God has been really... It will, God Just speaks to me a lot closer. through my kids and being a mum. So at the moment he's talking to me about speaking life over my kids instead of negative words, especially how I speak to my kids and words that I use over my kids. So everyone knows Riley can be a little bit naughty, <laughs> but um, at the moment God's speaking to me through Jenny. And How old is Jenny? Jenny's four. She was, one of the, she was the little pink one dancing down the front here. So um, one of the biggest things at the moment is I went through a phase where I kept referring to Jenny as a diva because um, she's out there, she's, you know, she's, she loves herself. <laughs> <laughs> she's confident. Yeah, we call that yeah, confidence. She's, yeah, yeah, she's confident. But I was speaking something negative over it. Mm. So I was like, oh, she's such a diva. Jenny, she's such a diva. And when I looked up the meaning of it, it came up as a self-important person who was difficult to be around and difficult wow. to work with. Wow. And when I read that, um, God really spoke to me and said, that's not the name I gave her. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not what I call her. And it really hit me because I thought, gosh, you know, what I speak over my kids now, I'm speaking it into existence. Mm. So the words that I'm using, if they're negative, I'm attaching that to them. And I just became so aware of speaking life over my kids, whether it's how I speak to them instead of like, oh, you are so naughty or why are you bad all the time? Um, I'm... Yeah, really trying to be like, no, this is the person that you are and that you're going to be. 
So that's what God's speaking to me about that's at the moment. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Do you, did you have a scripture that matches with I that? I did, I did. Um, so it's Proverbs, which I'm loving at the moment, but it was just a gentle word brings life and health. And I really liked that because like, I need to be more gentle in the way that I approach kids, how I speak to them and about them. And I loved that because I just thought it does, it brings life and health. Like I'm speaking just goodness into them as mm. they grow mm. up. So anyway, that's the scripture that I have. Such an important lesson for mums and dads, isn't it? And mm. all of us, if we're married, what are we saying to our husbands and wives? What words are we speaking about our colleagues, our jobs? Such a good lesson. And so you sort of, we can learn directly from God. Obviously, that's a great way to learn. So you just, was there a point where you, you felt arrested in what you were saying? Like how did you move from that point of doing the wrong thing to going, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change? Uh, yeah, I, well, I felt God speak very clearly to me. Were you praying to me. That, when that happened? No, it was, I had looked up the definition of diva. Ah. And, then it just, and what made you look up the definition of diva? Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I, just, I was using the word so much. And I just, you know, when you just have that feeling, like yeah. something just sort of tugs at you, like yeah. that's not, that's not right. So and I think that's really good there because you can see how God leads us. If we just, sometimes there's a little bit of reflection, a little bit of awareness, and you probably didn't even think it was the Holy Spirit that was saying, why don't you look the word up? But it was. There's a Holy, like you can see the Holy Spirit just gently saying, why don't you look that word up that you're using all the time? You probably didn't think, oh. But if we have a, a soft heart, I believe that God leads us sometimes and we don't even know. We, he's, he's, he's taking his things and you suddenly realise, hang on, I'm learning a lesson here and I didn't, I'm sure you didn't go to the dictionary going, God has spoken, go to the dictionary. But it was the Holy Spirit and he was guiding you and I think because your heart was soft, we can hear even, just a, even sometimes it's just a bit of a nudge from God, like just, why don't you just... And it's God, so that's beautiful. And let me ask you too, so you heard that lesson from God and obviously have you, have you changed? Have you stopped using that word? I've stopped using the words. Okay. I still, I'm changing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So the word diva does not? No, yeah. I've, um, yeah I don't think I've said it, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that word definitely not. And... Obviously, yeah, there have been times where I've used wrong words, but I've, it, it's hit me straight away. So I'm very much aware of it and really trying to use different language. So, I'm, you know, it's, I'm working on it. I'm not perfect. <laughs> but it's good because I, one of the things I've written and thought about being teachable, sometimes we learn a lesson, like we hear it, but we don't do it. That's the worst. So you've got to actually, and I find in my life of growing with God, it's often a season where you're learning this thing. So God's, you know, he's not, he doesn't just dump the whole of, you know, God's goodness onto us at once. You've got to do this, 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 this. It's like too much. So this is just, this particular lesson is the main, is one. I mean, obviously it's a few, but, and so you can focus and really think, I'm learning this. So that's, that's really cool. And I like also just, um, you know, you've got your community around you, which, we are very blessed to have this beautiful community of honest and real Christians who will sometimes pick us up on things and even doubly blessed if they happen to include your own family members. So it's so that's a part of it too is being accountable. Like you just said, have I mum? 
Because sometimes people around us see what we're doing more than we see ourselves. Yeah. So have you found and, that? Oh, definitely. And I'm so blessed to have be surrounded by so many other mums that have kids around the same age as me and who have been church goers for a really long time and, you know, have, who have learnt the lesson that I'm learning now a while back and they're just really supportive and I just look at them and think, I just want to be like you. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. So it, it's easier to do when you're surrounded by people that have walked it and done it and... That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So you can learn from others. Yes, that's right. Beautiful. Let's give Maddie a thank you. That's great. <laughs> so I love that. Thanks, Maddie. Maddie's going to zip back to the kids' ministry. Bless her. So, um, so who are we learning from? We can learn from absolutely everyone. Everyone. Whether we think that they're mature Christians or whether we think they're baby Christians or whether we, they're not Christians at all. There's always something we can learn from people. Obviously, we can learn directly from God. And I just think that's a gentle, beautiful story that potentially has a really big impact on the life of her children. You know, speaking great words into your children is a very big thing. So there was a, just a gentle, sweet leadership there from the Lord, from his word. He always backs up what he's saying from his word. So when we're in the word and we're in prayer, he's going to lead us. We learn from the people that God puts in our lives. So let's be open to seeing their strengths and going, like, how lovely. She's not here now, so I can rave about her. <laughs> but how sweet for Maddie to say, I want to be like them. What an, what a, an incredible compliment to say. Let's hope that people say that about us. I want to be like you. I just think that's the most beautiful thing and how important it is to be, you know, growing, not just for our own sake. It's nice for us because we experience more peace and joy in ourselves, but how wonderful for the people around us. And how terrible if the lesson that people learn from you is, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to do that. And we probably all have people in our lives like that. I, I'm not going to be that kind of a parent or I'm not going to be that kind of a colleague or I'm not going to that I just think that's the worst thing in the world to be the negative example please no Lord no so I just want to share a scripture with you from Proverbs chapter 12 verse 1 it says this whoever loves discipline loves knowledge but he who hates correction is stupid <laughs> what a great scripture that's the NIV version. He who hates correction is stupid. So Maddie's not stupid. She loves that correction. She's, in, she's enjoying learning a new lesson and speaking in a new way. And so don't be stupid. Love it. Like, come on, give me correction, God. Like, love correction. Just The Bible says, let a righteous... I haven't got this scripture, but it comes to me. Let a righteous man rebuke me. It is a kindness. Let him correct me. It is oil on my head like... If a really good person who is wise and beautiful and loves you has something to say to you, yes, please, come on, give it to me. And it's a little bit like, a little bit hard sometimes, isn't it? It's a bit like uncomfortable, a little bit, surely I'm not that bad. Or, no. Sometimes we can fight against it. But it says if you don't like correction, you're stupid. The word in the King James Version is brutish. Like as in like an animal, but the reason it uses that term is it actually comes from the original word, the Hebrew word there, is consumed like a fire. So in other words, they put animals on the fire that got cooked. So in other words, you're cooked. 
You're cooked like an animal if you're not listening to correction. You are, you're cooked. You're stupid because who wants to put themselves on the fire and get burnt? And you're consumed. So you're not going to grow and get better and, and learn. You're going to be destroyed in that. So that's a very strong scripture. And Proverbs has a lot of scriptures about um, being teachable. Let me read you one more. You may say, I hated discipline. My heart spurned, spurned correction. Now, you probably don't say that. Like, who says that? But you probably think that. Like, don't, don't, I don't, I don't want to hear that. I would not obey my teachers or turn my ear to my instructors. And, as soon, and I was soon in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. Proverbs 5.12. I hated discipline. My heart spurned correction. I wouldn't obey my teachers. I wouldn't turn my ear to instructions. Like, eh, no, no, I don't need to hear that. I'm okay. And I was soon in serious trouble. So you're either stupid or you're in serious trouble. And honestly, Proverbs, I could give you another 10 of these scriptures. I was soon in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. So that's interesting. It's kind of, this person's in church or synagogue or whatever. And it's like, that's not going to help you. It's no good just coming and sitting here week after week if you're not learning anything. He says, you can still get in serious trouble. We all know people who go to church every week and they're in serious trouble. Because it's no good going to church if you're not listening and taking on board the correction and changing and being adjusted by the Holy Spirit. We all need to be adjusted. All right, so this next person who's going to come and share with us is another great, well, this is a man this time, man of God, who is always good to talk to about the things of God and to be adjusted, and that is Craig Dewar. So come and share with us, Craig, what you are learning this year. You got a fan club? Here we go. Thank you. G'day, guys. I'm about to become 59. Yay. I You're know, older it's than not me. my IQ, it's my age. <laughs> Although they're kind of the same. I, um, well, there's a few kilometres still ahead of me. There's, there's quite a lot on the clock. And I'm kind of thinking, what, what are the consolations of getting old, quite frankly? What are the consolations? Well, one of the consolations is that you get to look back and you say, well, I can see what worked and what didn't work. Let's call it experience. But you start to think, okay, well, that was a dumb thing to do and that was a smart thing to do. One of the things that I'm learning increasingly is the guy who wrote Psalm 1 was absolutely right. He talks about um, obeying the word of God, delighting in the word of God and consequently experiencing a life of blessing and a life that's a blessing to, to oneself and a life that's a blessing to, to everybody else around them. And you learn that by watching what happens and seeing when people obey the word of God and when they don't obey the word of God. Now, I'm going to use myself as a really lousy example. I was reflecting on it before. What are some of the simple things, like in Proverbs, what are some of the simple things that the Bible tells us? Well, it tells us to be generous. When was the last time I cut somebody off in traffic and felt good about it? When was the last time there was those last few freckles in the bowl and I took them and didn't hand them to somebody else? Did I feel good about that? On the other hand, when I handed those last few freckles to somebody else, when somebody was on my right and I waved them in and said, yeah, come into my lane, I felt great about that. There's a bit of a lesson there. 
So it sounds a bit trite, but it's a bit of a lesson there. Another one is anger. Proverbs has a lot to say about anger. It tells us to be really careful with it, to hold our tongue, and to yeah, use it sparingly, if at all. So I reflected on that. When was the last time I tore strips off somebody and it worked out really awesome? I'm interested, actually. Put up your hand if you've torn strips off somebody lately and it worked out really awesome for you. No hands. <laughs> On the other hand, when was the last time you were a bit frustrated, you actually took the time to listen to another person's perspective, hear what they were on about and think, you know what, I get it now and I'm not angry anymore. Now I'm not going to say Janice and I had words recently, <laughs> but uh, I know this from experience. What about diligence? Proverbs talks about diligence, working hard, getting ahead, doing the right thing, doing a great job and doing it hard. When was the last time you did, when I did a great job and really threw ourselves into something and thought, you know, I wish I'd been lazy. It just doesn't happen. So these are the little pointers that suggest that maybe the writer of Psalms knew what he was on about. A life lived in obedience to the word of God is a life that's going to be blessed, not just at a superficial level, not just money and fame and all that sort of stuff, but a really deep, profound level. Now, if I can just go on for another minute. The other thing that I'm kind of learning, and it's, it's a bit of a surprise in some ways and yet not, is that if we can take these little pointers as as indicators that maybe the word of God is correct, then some of the big overarching themes we need to take notice of too. And, and I've been reflecting lately on um, what the word of God has to say about the church, what it has to say about Jesus. From the beginning, from Genesis right through to Revelation, the Bible shows that the answer to a fallen world is Jesus. And that Jesus is expressed, he chooses to express himself through his people, the church. Which means we need to take the church kind of seriously, which is frustrating because at times we really would rather not. We would really um, yeah, just say, well, I'll do that on Sunday and that's kind of nice and that's the end of it. But the further I go on in life, the more I look around at the world we have at the moment, I realise that, you know, the government... Isn't, isn't, it's a lousy substitute for a community of people who actually care about each other, a community of faith, a community that can speak with some moral conviction into the issues of the world. That's what I'm learning. I'm realising that to be part of a community of people who, who believe, who are committed to each other and are willing to get out there and generously help the world is something that we really need to uh, revisit um, we can't do it on our own. We all need, as you said, to be accountable. We all need to be part of, part of the network, caring and loving and being involved and listening to each other. And if we don't have that, we, uh, we're going to really miss out. Thank you. Thanks. Just, let me just ask you, um, so in terms of you were saying that you're quite significantly older than me, so... Um... I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> you gave your age. Um, <laughs> he's a little bit older than me. Um, so how do you, 
feel about taking, you know, learning from other people? Because sometimes for older people, learning from younger people can be a bit of a thing and you can be a bit, a little bit, perhaps we can be a bit cynical about that, like, yeah, well, when you've been around as long as me, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. How do you keep a teachable attitude in that, I in think that area? principles are principles. They're always right. Um, so, yeah, look, it takes a discipline, it takes an openness to be able to say this person I think in front of me could be a knucklehead, but they could be right too. Yeah. And um, I think it's just taking that pause and say, look, I, I work with young people all the time and um, half of what they say is absolute nonsense, <laughs> but every so often there's a gem and you think, oh my goodness, mm. I, I can really learn from that. So, yeah. yeah, it's just being open. And what about the other way around? Like, how do you... Do you find a lot of young people willing to listen to you? And how do you feel when they are or are not? Um, oh, I don't, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. But, I mean, it feels like there's a bit of a generational divide increasingly these days. Um, I feel old and I don't know if I'm projecting that onto, onto the young people. Certainly... Um, yeah, the the generation now is nothing like the generation that uh, that I'm from, and those values are, are, are sometimes in conflict. Um, yeah, I'd like to think if you genuinely love people, if you genuinely accept people, if you genuinely listen to them, um, that will gain you the respect, which allows you to to say something a bit directive. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Thanks, Craig. Thank that's you. That's great. So. So actually the Bible specifically says that uh, we should learn from older people. Let me see if I can find that scripture. Um, here we go. 1 Peter 5, 5 says this, In the same way you who are younger submit yourself to your elders. So that's good, isn't it? We don't hear that very often, but actually older people have learnt something and it is good to learn from older people. Not everything because older people... I suppose I should say we aren't perfect. <laughs> Someone told me I look way too young to be a grandmother the other day. I went, I'll take that. Um, but older people are, um, you know, we've got to stay, we've got to learn from younger people. But the Bible is very particular that obviously if you've been around for longer, you've learned a few things that younger people haven't learned. So if you're younger, let's learn from older people. And if you're older, the Bible says this, all of you. Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So that's a very strong... We've all got to have a submissive spirit. We can learn. Of course we can learn from younger people and, of course, younger people more specifically ought to learn from older people who are wiser and who have been around. So that's a good attitude to have that we learn from all the generations and it's one of the benefits of growing older that you can sort of recognize things that we need to learn and things that we don't need to learn. Let me describe to you what an unteachable person looks like to make sure that you are not this person. An unteachable person is not necessarily all of these things but some of these things and maybe a few of them. An unteachable person is arrogant, they're proud, they may be neither of those but they may be extremely defensive, not wanting to hear, resistant, like no, 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 I, not necessarily because of pride, but because they feel uncomfortable with being asked to change or uncomfortable with being put in that situation where their faults are at, at, at scene. So they can be very defensive. That's a form of being unteachable. An unteachable person can be making excuses 
all the time. So you may say, have you thought about this? And they're sort of like, yeah, but it's too hard. I've tried, it's too hard. That sort of emotional uh, response may be a genuine um, emotional response, but it's not a teachable response because God doesn't ask us to do anything that's too hard. So the minute we say something's too hard, what we're really saying is God's not fair. He's asking me to change in a way and it's not fair because I can't change like that. So that's So you're sort of putting something on God that's very wrong. So to suggest that it's too hard to change or grow in the way that God's challenging us is not good. It may be hard, but it's not too hard. We can do it. An unteachable person is a poor listener. They may actually not listen at all. You might want to say something to someone and they're just talking so much you can't get a word in. So that's not a good way to go. An unteachable person is planked. That's an expression that I have devised all by myself and it comes from Matthew 7 3 why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye you but you do not consider the plank in your own eye such a weird expression like a plank in your eye I don't know I don't know if that's a great I didn't look up that translation there but in other words you've got something seriously going on in front of your eyes here and you can't see very well and yet you're worried about the other person so sometimes if you know in this situation you're talking to these people and they're like yeah but you da, 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 and you da, da, da. sort of like really okay, I'm sorry for, you know, sometimes it's ridiculous. I've certainly been in that situation where I've been asked to apologise for the speck, which, okay, sure, I shouldn't have specs, but sometimes some people it's like, really? <laughs> like, so we have to be teachable and be aware if, if we've got some major things going on and make sure they get out of our system. An unteachable person is too busy to deal with stuff. That's an interesting one. A lot of busy people would not consider themselves to be unteachable. But they are so rushed in life and they're so flat out, earning money and paying off the mortgage and doing all the stuff they're meant to do, they don't have time for that gentle reflection of the Holy Spirit to just nudge them to look up a word in the dictionary. They don't have time for that. It's like they're just racing along. The Holy Spirit is like, he can't get near them to nudge them. You've, in order to be teachable, we have to sometimes be slow. We have to listen. We have to just stop. Find out what is God saying to me? Because if we're too busy, no one can talk to us. And not either, neither God. He's not, he's not going to, well, he, he may eventually bash us over the head, but that's not what we want. <laughs> not, you know, not, not bash us over the head, but there are some fairly strong verses about us when we don't listen to God. So... Sometimes it's a form of unteachable is just to be too busy and, or too important to stop and slow down and listen to these gentle adjustments from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes an unteachable person is too hurt to talk about it. So you can put your hurt up as a form of defence. It's like, okay, you go, go, and so you can't go near them because they're too. It's, it's too painful for them to talk about it. So it's like, you know, no one wants to hurt you anymore. So we just won't talk about it. But we have to be able to talk. Listen to what uh, Matthew Henry says. People are lo it's old English. People are loath to see their faults and have need, but have need to be told of them. Though the fact is plain and the fault too, yet they must put together, be put together with application. Great sins often amuse conscience and for the present stupefy and silence it. And there is need of help to awaken it. So in other words, great sin sometimes can stop us from realising what we're doing wrong. 
David's own heart smote him when he cut off Saul's skirt. But strangely, we do not find that it smote him in the matter of Uriah till Nathan told him, you are the man. Matthew Henry here is saying, we don't want to sometimes see our faults, but we need to be told them either by God or by man. Strangely, David was so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that he didn't want to even cut off a little bit of Saul's coat because that would be showing dishonour to his leader. And he's like, I don't want to dishonour my leader. So I'm not even going to do that. And good on you, David. <laughs> and then he goes and sleeps with another man's wife, organises for the guy to be killed on the front line and seems to be fine until, <laughs> you know, until the prophet Nathan came and said, uh, how did, would you feel about someone who did this, this, this? And he says, that's terrible. He said, that's you. He wasn't, didn't feel bad about that. He was somehow able to blind his eyes. So if David can do that, so can we. So let's be open to, to hearing from this community. And it's not, I'm not talking about your pastors because half the time we don't know you well enough. It's, it's everyone around us to where we're missing it. I, I remember a story of a, um, a friend of ours went to a meeting. The pastor called a meeting of all the elders of the church and the leaders, and he gathered them all together and he sat them down. He said, I need to let you know that the Lord has delivered me from my marriage. And so I am going to marry someone else. And I want you to know that God has spoken to me and all this. And he said, this friend of ours said he was sitting there. He was going, what? Like this is just a normal everyday church down in Sydney, normal, good, solid church, just like this. And he's sitting there looking around going, Wait, and everyone's just like, no one's saying anything. And this, the pastor was talking about how God had delivered him from his marriage and da-da-da-da. And the guys, and then finally the guy just said, well, no, 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 well, wait a minute, what? No, no, no. And then, and then they start, you know, and this guy was, no, God has spoken to me. He's like, no. He was like, no. I, he was furious, but he said it was so weird because for five minutes the, the pastor was just talking and everyone was just quiet. And it was like, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't see. He couldn't see his own fault. He couldn't see what he was doing. He was completely blinded. And our friend tried to speak to him and he sort of, he didn't even see it then. He was, thought everything was fine. So it's a very strange story. And I have to tell you what happened after that because it's so funny. My friend and his wife were from Adelaide and they came to Sydney to, to look after this church and they always wanted to visit Phil Pringle's church. They, it's there from the AOG. So they went to Phil Pringle's church sometime after this event, which had turned into a big mess, as you can imagine, because the guy divorced his wife and got with this new woman and they were friends with the wife. And it was just, you know, it was not nice. But they went to Christian City one Sunday morning and they saw this guy with the new woman worshipping at Phil's church. And <laughs> so they went in and she said, I saw him there with that new woman. And they were worshipping, they had their hands up worshipping. And she said, I got so angry that she marched across the, the, the aisle at Phil Pringle's church and she went up to the man and she said, how dare you? And she slapped him in the face. And then she said to the woman, and you ought to be ashamed of yourself too. And she said she gave her a bit of a slap, but not as hard. And so meanwhile, feels like preaching. The husband, our friend, is just like, what just happened? The deacons just all go, and just all go and just grab her, like thinking she's just a crazy woman. And she's like being dragged out of the church. And, 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 and the husband's just like, oh my goodness. So he slinks out the back of the church and he's just like, what 
what are you thinking? And then the deacon's like, what was that? And she goes, I'm sorry, I had to do it. And he said, okay, okay, well, can you just go, please? Like, they just got rid of them. And then, <laughs> and then the, and the husband just said, I was so mortified. I've been so looking forward to going to that church. And we were thrown out of the church. And <laughs> this is such a funny story. And we were just like, I can't believe you did that. She said, I felt the wrath of God. I didn't know what else to do. And we go, wow. And she goes, I know. And she said, and then I got a visit from the police. So I was at home and the police said and said, yeah, we've had a complaint from these people. Apparently you've uh, assaulted them in a church service. And she said, and then I felt the wrath of God come up again. And she said, I said to the policeman, I said, yes. I said, but do you know what he did? Do you know as a man of God what he did? And she said, he left his wife and he took this another woman. And, then, and I, am, I was angry with God and I'm glad I did not do it again. She said, the policeman kind of went, okay, all right. But don't do it again, all right? Like, he, they literally backed off and the complaint was dropped. They just kind of dropped. Everyone was just like, okay, whatever. And then one more thing. Then they went to a meeting with, with Brian Houston and a bunch of pastors because then they had the regional thing. And they go, so there's the little incident about the um, assault at uh, Phil Pringle's church. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, I mean, apparently, this is like secondhand, but someone said, well, I mean, we all wanted to do it, let's admit it. <laughs> and I left it. So anyway, it was just a funny story. But look, come on, let's not get beaten up in someone's church before we hear from God. All right? It's pretty obvious. And yet you'd think, how obvious is that? But David missed it. David seemed to think that that was okay. So let's just make sure that we're not being stupid. Stupid. That's the word the Bible uses. Don't be stupid. Jesus called people stupid. He called them Moros, which is where we get the word moron from. He said to the Pharisees, you are morons, fools. That's what he called them. Let's not be foolish. Let's learn from God. Let's learn from each other. Let's learn the lesson on great big things, which sometimes people seem to miss, and on little things. And I suspect that if you are listening to God on some of these daily little things, that perhaps you don't get yourself into the great big messes that some people get themselves into. Because that's what it says. He says, I, I didn't want to listen, and so I got myself into a mess. I got myself into a lot of trouble. Let's not do that. All right. So that's what an unteachable person looks like. But let's listen to another teachable person. And this is uh, one of the young men who leads our youth. And I am so grateful to these young men every single Friday night doing a wonderful job, loving the young people, coming along regularly. Just, I just love what they do and I love their attitude. And uh, so I would like Matthew Wright to come and share with us what God is teaching him. Matthew, yes. So Matthew's one of our youth leaders. He's doing a fantastic job. He's been doing it for many years. And he's so beautiful. Like, you know, we drive the kids there. And who wants to go out and pick your kids up at 9 o'clock at night? And so Matthew drives several of the kids home. He does like a runs a bus service to get them all back to their parents' houses. And it's just, we're just so grateful. And he's just got a great spirit. So I, I thought it would be great for us to hear what, what you're learning. Well, um, I've been recently... You asked me to to come and speak, and I thought I was going to look back on on what I've been learning, what I've been trying to do in the year. And I thought one of the big things I was trying to be better at is um, being an example, not just in church but out of church, and to a lot of my my friends outside of church. And I thought, um, well, I I'd try. And it, as much as it's easy to to be all that in church, I find. 
when I step outside of church, it's easy to go back to replicating my friends and go back to before I was in church. So um, I've really been like trying to trying to be that step above and be the example and looking at some of the people in my life inside this church and my family and looking at people like John Hull. And John Hull is just, he's on fire for God 100% of the time. Like sometimes I thought at youth when I first started, I was like, whoa, he's crazy. He's got so much energy. This is like, he must go home and be so tired. And then you meet him outside of youth and he's still going hard 100% of the time. You're like, whoa, what is this? Who is he? But like, He's just one of the examples, and like thinking about my grandfather um, was in was in ministry pretty much his whole life, and thinking about him, and I've never heard my grandfather say a bad word about anyone at any time. He's an amazing Beautiful. man, and I was looking up to him for so much of my church life, but. Just all of these people that I'm trying to trying to replicate and try to take examples so I can try and show my friends what it's like to be Christian and that it's not just not just one day in church and then you go home and you live your normal life, that it's that it's a, a seven day commitment and a seven day passion. That's good. Um, Peter and Judy Wright were actually in this church for a brief time. He's a beautiful man of God. And, um, and then he, they moved up further north, um, and he's recently gone to be with the Lord. He's passed away recently. Yeah. So what did you learn going to the funeral of a man of God, your grandfather? Uh, yes. What, what did so you learn from that? Being with that and uh, hearing uh, some of the stories that my dad and my uncles and my auntie told from their past and told about him and that he would... Uh, never get angry and my dad tells me that he was a bit of a he was one of the rebels in the family of my family and that he would he would go away without telling anyone your dad or your grandfather my, my dad your dad my is dad the rebel. right and so so <laughs> trying not to not to follow that in my youth but he would go away not telling anyone and he'd come back and and my grandfather he wouldn't yell at him he wouldn't come and he would just come and he tells me he would come and sit down with him and just Beautiful. just be with that and try and be the example for him. And so that's one of those things that I've just learnt and I'm just trying to trying to be up to him and be as close to him as I can. Yeah. And also you were saying to me before that your grandfather served God for his whole life. Yeah. So right up to the very end he was ministering and serving and so that is an example for you, like God doing youth every Friday night. Yeah, it definitely is. And I've had a I've had recently I had a friend talk to me and I was like talking to him we talk online and I was like oh I've got to run I've got to go to youth and he goes you're 20 are you still going to youth I'm like oh no I help I help to run it now and he goes oh what why are you still doing that I mean oh why wouldn't I be it's so awesome it's just a way for me to serve God and he's not he's not a Christian but like he like there's something about him that he really couldn't understand that why I would still be going there and why I would be giving up a Friday night that he finds so valuable mm. to go out with his friends and stuff. And I'm going to youth and spending it with high school kids and he just couldn't understand. But, but I know that I understand. I know that John and Josh and Andrew understand that they come. So, and yeah. all the parents understand. <laughs> we are very grateful. Thank so, you. Yeah. 
Beautiful. Come on, let's give him a clap. That's awesome. Thank you. So. Beautiful. So that's the last one. And I just want to finish off um, by describing just what a teachable person looks like. And um, I'm really grateful to those three people that have shared with us what they're learning. And, that, and these are beautiful, teachable, all different in different stages of life. But we can all be teachable. A teachable person is honest. They're honest with themselves, first of all. Honest with themselves. Honest with humble, with others. A teachable person is humble. They're not planked. They recognise their own weaknesses and sins. A teachable person is in submission. They have people around them who they are happy to take correction from and listen to. They are open to correction about any issue and any sin. They are able to repent. They are able to genuinely feel bad about doing the wrong thing and they are able to admit that they are wrong. They're just able to do that thing in your heart where you go, I'm wrong, I, I, I missed it. But they're able to do that in a way that doesn't destroy their whole personality. Some people find repentance so hard, they think the concept of repentance is, I am the worst person ever, I deserve to go to hell. They're able to understand that repentance is just... It's just an acknowledgement of our weakness. It's not, it, we're not writing off our whole personality. So it's not so hard to repent. Really, we should do it regularly. We, we all have things to repent of. It's not, it, it's not that hard. A teachable person asks questions. A teachable person listens and observes. A teachable person seeks wisdom everywhere, in books, social media, dictionary, at youth. A teachable person yields to life's lessons. They yield. Okay, God, I'll stay here. I'll learn. They're not complaining. They're not leaving. They're staying in the position that God wants them, puts them, and they're learning from the people that God puts around them. So Proverbs 9.9 says this, instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. So I think that's a beautiful way to finish there, Proverbs 9.9. Instruct the wise and they'll be even wiser. So my prayer is that that's us. We are never too wise to be instructed. We're all, hopefully there is wisdom, great wisdom in this room. But teach me more, Lord. Teach me more. Instruct me more so that I can be wiser. There's so much further to go. Teach the righteous. Teach someone who's already good. We're all good in some ways. And so maybe we, oh, I'm too good. It's like, no, no, I need to be gooder, <laughs> better. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. And so we will move on upwards and onwards till the full light of day. Praise God. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.